Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Hello, everyone. We're glad you've joined us once again for the Truly Unlimited Podcast. My name is Ferdinand, and I'm here with... <laughs> Oh, so this won't make a lot of sense. You guys are going, Ferdinand, what? So this is take two. We we started off and realized that the it wasn't going right. It was a whole reference to a whole conversation, sort of. So it makes no sense. So we're going to back up just for a second. All right, so what is your name again? Don Bruce. Uh, oh, Don Bruce. Okay, yeah. and I am Consuela. No, I, my, my name is Jeff Plunkett. Uh, <laughs> to, and we're ridiculous. Yeah, he he always says ready to go Ferdinand right before, and then he had refer- mentioned using a different name, so you know I had to do it. Yeah, just, so I, I don't think they care. Yeah, they may I mean, not, but you know, just I didn't want to leave hey, them totally in the dark. We do, we do, we right. do care about our ridiculousness. And if we listen to this years from now, we may even not know what we're talking about. So yeah, I, I'm not even 100 percent sure right now. Right. So, so anyway. As we move on, today, glad you could be here for our entertainment, um, to experience our entertainment. Um, all right, so we're to, this is another one of our scripture journeys through Hebrews, and today's reference is Hebrews 5, verse 11, through chapter 6, verse 12. And our title is Spiritual Nourishment, unless Jeff changes it. Uh, but that's what this is about. So I'm going to read it from the NIV. Here we go. All right. Chapter 5, verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Verse 1, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance, from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away, to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. 
but land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Mm, thank you. Oh, me. Okay. Yeah, it's you. And this is this this passage. I think is is a little bit complicated um, when you start looking at the language that he's using and the figurative uh, the figurative language, the metaphors that he's using. It, it it's almost some mixed metaphors. It's it's a little bit confusing in that. So we're going to do our best to 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 simplify and summarize. Yes, simplify <laughs> and summarize. We're not going to go through each and every little thing. Um, you know, there are some, some key things that we're going to bring out. Uh, one of those is, is kind of referencing the land, when the land drinks. I want to bring that out when we get to it. Um, and then uh, the constant use. Um, verse 14. Yeah, in verse 14 of uh, chapter 5. Um, that's, a, that's a key thing, and that's, that, that very much so relates to the, the land that drinks. Um, and we'll explain what we mean by that. Um, so, but, but you know, there is a there is a, a bit of frustration, sort of in in his voice as, as he writes this. It's like, man, you know, look, <laughs> come on, you know, you should be further along than this. You right. you don't even get you're not even getting the basics, and you should have the basics down, and should be able to move not only have the basics down. But then move beyond the basics to, to to something deeper, and and I'm and I'm fascinated and frustrated, fascinated and frustrated, just how shallow uh, I see the you know the Christian conversations, how shallow it, the 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 you know what we you know the things that we celebrate even in the Christian conversations, very shallow, very self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, very fear-based, right? Even fear—not fear of God, but fear of things, fear of people, fear of loss, fear of fear of, of insufficiency, fear of—you know—especially in the United States right now, it's ridiculous. It's insane how much right. we, we've become this voice of fear, fear, fear. Yet we're the people of God, right. the unlimited God. That doesn't even right. make any sense to me. You know, so that's exactly yeah. And so, what does that sound like? That sounds like somebody's somebody's forgotten, right? Somebody's lost, lost the basics. Not only they were just chewing on, they were just sopping up some milk, maybe, and then the the moment <laughs> some 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 discouraging things or some challenging things come along, eh, they're not prepared. And the idea is most of them would not think they're in that state. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we've been there. I understand. Right. And, oh, and, absolutely. And, and there's, look, we, we currently, here, here's the thing about delusions. 
Okay? Just stick with me for a second. If, here's the thing about delusions. You don't know that you're delusional. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, the moment you think you're not delusional, you're not having delusions of grandeur or delusions of understanding or delusions right. of, of completeness. The moment you think you're not, you probably are, you know, because right. that's a delusion in itself to think that you're complete. And I, I think a, a sign of this, at least in one area, if you're not sure because you are delusional, <laughs> a sign of it is when you have this idea that everyone else is wrong. Mm. Bring it. Bring it. Woo! Okay, <laughs> hold on. So for everybody who was not wearing steel-toed boots um, <laughs> at that moment, including myself, um, yeah, okay. We just got told. <laughs> and thank you. Honestly, thank you. You're because welcome. Because yeah. <laughs> she was talking to me. Um, yeah, I mean, you, but you're actually, right. absolutely right. Because if you're looking at the external, you're looking at some anybody else but you. Right. You're looking for an external problem, to an, an external solution to an internal problem. And in part, some of that is... Blame, 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 blame. If only they would. Right, and we when and we just close off. We think we're closing off ourselves to everybody else, mm. but actually, a lot of times, we're not even willing to look and see where we are, evaluate ourselves. So mm. we close it off and just look at everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Very awkward moment of silence there. <laughs> it's that's not untypical. Um, untypical. Yeah. Yes, we've said this a few episodes ago. We are the manufacturer of words. Untypical has just been invented. Yeah. You were here you for know. its birth. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna give it some milk. So, so let, let's talk about it. You know, again, this one's a little bit. This one's a little it is a challenge, um, but. Um, you know, I want to I want to give I want to just bring out a couple of things here. You know, one of them, you know, is the is in in verse fourteen is that that word constant use. Um, it's um, from the Greek word hexin, uh, which is a habit or a practice or condition or integration. You know, so if here's how here, here's what meat would look like. Okay, here's what solid food, what solid food would look like is constant use, okay? Meaning it's a part of your life. It's an integrated part of your life. I don't mean something that, you know, it, it, it's not enough to have a, you know, like for instance, I, I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if anybody does this anymore, but it used to be that whenever people would go on trips, they would take their luggage with them. They Maybe it was a, it was a big chest or a, or you know, a hard piece of luggage, and they would take it, and then they would get some kind of sticker. In you know, they're they've gone to Germany, and they get a sticker, and they put it on there, and they bring it back with them. Right. Okay, that was an evidence that they had been to Germany, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make them German. That doesn't make the it mean that they've they've integrated. And so, a lot of times, what people, what what Christian, the way it it looks and feels is. We've got a we've got a sticker because we've been there. We've been to church. We've had a conversation about God. We've we've maybe even gone down and, and done the prayer, but we we've got a sticker that shows that we've been there. 
But it doesn't mean that we're there. Right. We've just, visited. Just just even kind of looking at that, exactly. So I've um, led a couple of mission trips to Costa Rica. Mm. Yeah. And there's a difference in going even as just a tourist. Because if you go just as a tourist, you're typically just going to the tourist spots. Mm. Well, on our teams, one of them, the main one that I was on, was three weeks. And we went into some places that people don't usually go. We took a little 45-minute boat ride to an island that at that time most people hadn't been on. So we saw other things. Yet, so I know a little bit more about Costa Rica, some places in Costa Rica than some, mm. but my friends who have lived there forever as missionaries know way more about Costa Rica than I do mm. because they've lived there and totally been a part of that country for decades. Yeah. And and so so that's the way it is whenever we're in this process of of learn you know integrating god into our life just like jeff is saying it's that thing of are you just a tourist which is you know when you're just visit the tourist spots of places mm. you don't see the real thing mm. right you don't um i went to bangkok and bangkok had everything had english words with it it had the Thai words, but also English, because Bangkok was very Americanized in a lot of areas because it's a tourist place. I went to another place, and it was a lot less tourist, you know, in Thailand. But that's the thing is you go to a tourist place, and it's not that different. I mean, I ate at Outback and Starbucks and all those places mm. in Bangkok, mm. Pizza Hut. <laughs> you know, I mean, in Bangkok, it's touristy. Right. And so you think you're experiencing because you're there, right. but you're not. And that's, and I think you say in tourist, I mean, that totally opens some of that up because that's how we experience the word of God so many times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's funny you should say Costa Rica today. So, so you know, we're recording this. I don't even know what date it is. We're recording the it March eighth. March eighth. Okay. So I just spent the weekend at my brother's wedding, and my cousin was there. Dinah Marie was there, and she just shared with me um, just a, a couple of days ago during this wedding that her lifelong dream has been to visit Costa Rica. So it's just funny you should yeah. say that. But, but here's what, what, you know, as you were talking about that, here's what came up. So, the, you know, when we say Costa Rica, there's a group of people who are going to go, you know what, I have no desire to ever visit Costa Rica. It's never even crossed my mind. I have no desire. Or it's crossed my mind, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm out. I don't want to go to Costa Rica. And then there's, there's like, my cousin who has this longing, has had this lifelong longing right. to go to Costa Rica. In fact, one of her friends has per now purchased her a ticket to go to Costa Rica um, as soon as travel to Costa Rica opens back up right. as we're in a pandemic. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but we are. <laughs> um, but So as soon as travel opens back up right. for Costa Rica, she's, she's finally going to get to go. So she's, right. she's been invited in, you know why I'm using that word, mm -hmm. she's been invited in and she's going to respond to the invitation. Okay. And then there's people, you know, that, that go as tourists. 
and they um, probably see it as oh this is nice beach like these other places and no big yeah. deal for me yeah i would go back every time mm. but i've experienced a little more of costa rica mm-hmm than what maybe an average tourist has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what I was going to yes, say. Yeah. Some people are tourists who just go and visit, like get <laughs> off the plane, show me the, the tourist stuff, take me to pizza at Costa Rica, you know, and let me let me eat that because, you know, the rest of it's going to make <laughs> give me indigestion. Um, and then back on the plane. Great. Or there's you who was there for three weeks serving people there. Right. Great, but not quite as – it's not certainly not, not integrated. Not living there. Right. right. Yeah. So I go there in in um I'm there for a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we're talking about your Christian life. You know, so right. what what are most Christian people doing? Most people who call themselves Christian are stepping in, give me some milk. So I'm I can here. say I've been there. Yes. I have visited. <laughs> I'm gonna get my little stamp on my, my suitcase. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Hey, yeah, and whenever you get that little Facebook thing, it says check off all the places that you've been, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you, you can oh, check it off. I can check off Costa Rica. I've been to church. And yet when you, like me, have been there that little bit longer and mm-hmm. have experienced more real life of Costa Rica rather than just the tourist, mm-hmm. then there's still this bit of a longing to go back. Mm. A longing of, oh, I, I just want to go there again. I just, I mean, I've, I've had that ever since. Yeah. Of, of just, I just want to go back. Yeah. And, and no, I'm not integrated at all. Mm. But you understand even when you're in the Word and start to really mm-hmm. get fed some, then you have a longing to know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've thought about that, that too. And, so here's a but here's a here's a painful thing. Since you, since you stepped on our toes earlier, right. I'm going to step back just a second. You know, so if you think about you know like your experience, where man, I, you know, I spent you know three weeks there and I was serving people. Remember, we're we're using this as a metaphor for for our Christian experience. Right, right. That that we're we're you know how do we move from milk to to solid right. food? So, you know, sometimes, oh, you know, because I remember, I, I remember, at, you know, at uh, the fair back whenever I used to even consider going to the fair, which I don't anymore. Um, for the last 12 years, I've had no interest in going to the <laughs> fair. But, um, but I'd go, and there's this one booth that you go, you go through the, the buildings, and you're looking at all the booths. And, right. and there's the one you come to where they ask you, you know, um, have you accepted Jesus? Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, right. yeah. So, but a lot of times... And you have to guess what dispensation period. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, but there was a, you know, a lot of times, you know, they would ask you, have you accepted Christ? And, oh, yes. But I always felt compelled to give them proof. And so I would say something like, well, you know, I've been a pastor. I've, I'm a pastor, you know. Yeah. Um, so just, but just because I served doesn't mean that it's integrated oh absolutely not yeah, doesn't mean because that it's, it's that little bit it's it, yeah. i feel like it's just a little more of a taste yeah but it's not like right. i said even right. close to 
my missionary friends who have been there for decades. Right. I mean, doesn't even doesn't even it's not right. a drop in the bucket. Right. Right. And and it's exactly it. But yet right. we'll live off that experience. Right. Exactly. And it's the same way in church. We're living off of this experience. We say, oh, well, I had this experience, or I was a, even a leader. Mm-hmm. I, was a, I'm, I am a leader in church, and so there's, there's proof of my solid foodness. And we don't, we're not even getting it. You know, we, you know, we may have been in church for 20 years, right. but we're not getting it because it's not integrated. It's not a, a part of us. Because we've lived with it so much being a checklist. And I've said this a lot, but it's this checklist of, okay, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I've just like the Facebook one you talk about where you tell where you've been. And once Mm -hmm. you've checked off these things, okay, well, I've gone about as far as I can. And it's not even close to the truth. But yet I think so many times we feel that of, oh, yeah, I can sing hymns or choruses without looking at the words. Oh, yeah, I can um, tell you the 10 famous 10 of the fame, most famous Bible verses, I can just quote them to you, and or I've done this, or I've done my time here, or been this, yeah. and we live off of all of those things and define our experience by that. But that would be like, you know, Mylon and I this year will be married 32 years, and it would be like defining our marriage by, oh yeah, we went here at you know these couple times mm-hmm. and okay we had you know these kids and oh we did this and trying to define our 30 something years of marriage by these few events right and there's so many every days in there that's what have made it 32 years right where those little events don't make it the 32 years right right and and something that came up to me came up for me as you were even when you were saying that I was also thinking about because you said the checklist right you know because we're, we're talking about is it integrated is it a part of your life but you can also be integrated into the wrong things yeah. you know think I mean, you know think about Jesus's interaction with the Pharisees were they integrated absolutely yeah they had they had these daily practices and they had been doing it a long time they had been been engaging these practices every single day making it impossible for everybody else for everybody who had to actually work for a living um, but they it integrated every day into the wrong things right because it was a they were integrated into the checklists they were integrated into the do's don'ts the rules right integrated into the rules does not mean that you're integrated into a relationship with Christ and you're not in and if you're driving people to 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 turn their their gospel into rules then you're driving people away from god right right Mm. doesn't mean he doesn't have things he set out for us right but but the very part of the purpose and the basis of everything isn't that right it's the relationship right yeah and 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 that's one thing that we talk about all the time but once you have that true relationship, then those things are no longer like rules. Right, right. They're just a part of that knowing, right. a part of that experience. Right. Yeah, you know, with other things, 
in life, non, you know, let's, let's pull God out of it. In other things in life, the abiding by the rules gives us permission to be a part of the relationship. Okay, but with God, we are invited into the relationship, and there are no rules, mm-hmm. but it, there, is a, there is a process, a system, an integrated process of living that is right. part of this relationship with God. And right. it's a consistent, constant use, as, as he says here in this, this verse, constant use right. is part of it. So it's not, a, it's not a rule that gives you permission. It is a way of living right. that is reflective of the relationship. Right. And we get it completely backwards because you know we've we've become this this is the way you're gonna do it and if you're gonna be a part of our team right you know and that's not it at all and and one thing we talked about is is putting a a time system on it and and what's so hard Hmm. for some christians or people that have been in the church for a long time Hmm. is for somebody to come in and get saved and get it Mm. and they absorb and grow and Mm. and you see them three months later and they have this relate you can see this relationship in them that somebody that's been there 20 30 years hasn't got to yet Mm. and they don't like a lot of times that somebody has gotten to that place mm, yeah because oh, it, it's, it's taking this time yes. and so they get jealous or i'm gonna well i'm gonna set forth some things that you have to be a christian for three mm-hmm. years before you can serve in this and you've got to and and we change the rules mm-hmm. because we can't figure out why somebody can get it so fast Wow, Don! Goodness me, you are you are dropping some truth bombs that hurt today. <laughs> Woo! They, but you are absolutely right, and that that hurts bad. That's that hurts my heart. <laughs> but you're you're right because oh man, oh yeah. It, so as a as a as a counselor, I as a counselor, I see it all the time in people. You know, I see, you know, um, I, I uh, did some inpatient work and, you know, you have these, and it was with kids, kids and teenagers. So you have these kids that, you know, they're having some issues at home and they come into an inpatient facility because they're a danger to themselves or somebody else. That's the only way they can be admitted. So they're, they're, they're admitted. But, you know, there's been some conflict, some, some trauma. And most of the blame is placed on the kid. Mm-hmm. by the family most of the time they're like here take my kid fix them and then bring them back okay so we, we we would bring them in they would be in this inpatient facility for a period of time and kind of they they not they're not allowed they're not um you know the parent can come pick them up anytime they want to but the child is not um discharged is the word I was looking for, discharged until kind of we see evidence that that they've kind of created a a new system of thinking and and living. 
great. So we, you know, if they if they stay there, they're allowed to stay there, and then they, you know, they create this new system. That's a good, healthy system. Okay, great. Then we contact the parents, and they can pick them up. They're discharged. The problem that almost always happens is that the people in the home were part of this old system, and so these these kids come into a you know this this environment and things get better mm-hmm. it's a it you know it's not it's not the greatest of environments because you've got a lot of kids that have anger Issues. and frustration right. right right they're 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 they've been a lot of them have been traumatized i don't blame them they're right. angry i don't blame them at all but but they come in and you know anyway so they they go back home they go back into the old environment and they're expected to be they're expected to be they, the words are, we expect you to have changed. We, di- we, we also expect that you didn't. And so right. they're treated like they right. weren't, and they're, they're back into the old place. Um, and why is that? Because it's, it's this sustaining of the status quo, because that was a comfort to me. And, and also, if the child was the scapegoat, was the right. blame, then if the kid is, is better then who's to blame now if things go wrong? You know, the right. parent. Right. The parent or the other members of the family. So uh, no, we got to continue to blame them because we don't want to take blame. Right. Same way here. So if, you know, if it, I know this is probably a stretch. It makes sense inside my head. Everybody else is going, <laughs> what on earth is he talking about? It's interesting, but I don't know what it has to do with any of this. It makes sense inside my head because because it's it's really the basic same principle. You're trying to maintain your own self perspective of of I've got it together. I'm I'm the good one and somebody else is the bad one and whenever somebody comes in, in you know, and I've I've achieved or I've attained this, you know, super galactic oneness in the church and, you know, I've right. I've I've achieved level thirteen um, and so I'm poning noobs. I don't know. It's all, all video game. Oh my goodness. Yes, video game terms here. Um, you know, so I've I've achieved a level, but as you're saying, somebody comes in. Well, I've got to tear them down in order to maintain dominance. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Golly, that's right. that's really good. I I could have just said that and <laughs> saved all that other story. Good right. stuff. Yeah, and 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 that's that's what a lot of this. I mean, if you look at it, basically what it comes down to when you're talking about the constant use is that it's the um, the discipline, yes. the disciplines of what are we really doing to get there? Mm-hmm. Are we just hanging out with this little bit that we have and that's enough? Or are we continuing to grow and and be a part and learn in this relationship so we can move on. Yeah. Because unfortunately, um, and, and we're back where this says, um, what it say on verse 11, because you no longer try to understand, a lot of times we learn something or, or get something and we feel like, oh, okay, that's probably all I can handle, so I'm just gonna stay here. Mm. And, and the problem is, is we get lax and we don't continue in a relationship. If you have a relationship with somebody, you can't spend 
a year, I mean, this is one of the most horrible things I see in some marriages is where there's been this year or two of constant pursuit and, and courting and all of that. And once they've got married, well, I've, I've got it now, did what I needed to do, and then everything changes. Mm. And, and I feel, and it just doesn't try anymore. And, uh, you know, where's the person who gave me flowers or did this or said we're going to go all these places or anything like that? And, well, they've got what they wanted, so none of that matters anymore. And I think so many times we, people come in, and it's not always their own fault in the beginning. Mm. They come in and they're like, "We're I'm gonna I'm saved. I'm gonna learn all this. I'm gonna do all this." And then there's all these people around them that have lost their zeal, mm. and they put a damper on it. And it's kind of, they may not say it, but it's kind of like a, "Okay, slow down now." Mm. You know, you mm-hmm. have time to get all this, and then it when I say it puts a damper on it, then all of a sudden a lot of that zeal is lost and we become stagnant and we're okay with this basic, well, I've punched my ticket of salvation, so that's the main thing and I've got that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something you said there, you know, yeah, let's think about the word diligence and even you know even you know i said in verse seven of of chapter six it's land that drinks in the rain um you know it's it's really this this hunger and thirst it's you know it's land that is that's parched and it's hungry for something but but then it's not sitting there just going hey just give to me it's soaking it in it's diligent and i was thinking about paul you know so paul Paul starts this. We 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 were familiar with Saul, right? You know his his former name, as as a persecute persecutor of Christians, <laughs> right? It, you know here he is. He's a he's a kind of the Jewish mafia going out and and hey, forget about it. I bring you out here. I uh, <laughs> gonna put see my shoes on you and throw you down in the river. Hey, all right. So you know it's it's Saul, right? You know, persecuting Christians, throwing them in prison, having them killed, or whatever it is that he did. Um, you know, I don't know. Write him a strongly worded letter, um, and so they. You know, and then, then he has this conversion. Right. He's suspected by Christians, but he spends, he spends, what was it? Three years, I think. Three years, in just diligence, in diligence, and. Right. and like soaking it up, help me understand this. Help me understand. Let me let me drink the milk, I, and then I'm gonna get on solid food as fast as I possibly can. Help me help me understand it. And then he stayed. Now right, now, right. now we, we we can pretend that that Paul didn't struggle any at all, and that's not true. You know, he had his moments of of doubt and concern and etc. Okay, um, he talks about that. And, you know, he talks about his weaknesses. He talks about his struggles and his sufferings, and and you know, his sufferings were good, and some of his struggles were you know self imposed. I mean, you know, all of all of that. He was a real human being. You know, so he's not just a, he's not some superhero. Um, he wasn't a great speaker. 
uh, you know, all kinds of, of issues um, that he had. He, you know, he even struggled with his self-confidence in front of people. Right. Um, but here's the thing. He was eager to, to it, diligent about soaking up this, the, 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 the greater things, the bigger things, the, the deeper things. And that's the word I'm actually looking for. It's not greater or better. It's deeper. The deeper things of the word, the deeper things of God, the deeper thoughts. Let's, how do we, how do we, you know, there, I, I get so frustrated with, with the surface, um, surface representation of Christianity in, among the American church these days. It's, it's, it's surface. And, and, and they would go, oh, no, 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 it's not. Yes, it is. It's, look, right, it's right. surface. Most people in church do not know how to engage the word. They know how to go look shopping for, for resources. They can know how to Google the word. Like, you know, how do I? And then go find it. Right. That's, not, that's not engaging the word. Um, that's not engaging it at all. But Google it. It's not the same. <laughs> Um, because look, if you like, I don't know, you might even be googling right now. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but but if you if you Google something, I'm just curious. Let me go find this answer, and then you probably forget later, or unless you're at a party and go, hey, yeah, I just saw the other day. I googled it. Right. Right. That that's not integration into your life. Um, most people don't even spend any time. And then you know, pastor, just tell me what I need to know today. Um, maybe I'll listen, and maybe I'll take a nap. Um, you know, maybe I'll be making my grocery list because um, you're boring today. You didn't tell. Oh, tell me some funny stories. They will remember more funny stories than they remember integrating the truth of the Word of God right. into their lives. Right. Um, right. But you brought up a word earlier: is the disciplines. And it's a book that that I, I'm. It saddens me that most Christians don't know about this book: the Celebration of, of Discipline. Um, by Richard Foster. Yes. It's been out since 1978. Um, it's over 40 years old now. Somebody else do the math, but I think it's over 40 years old. Um, I think they had, there's a 40th anniversary edition available um, now right. by, I think, a, even a different publisher. Um, and, but that book... You know, in, in one thing about, you know, I mean, but that book is just, I mean, it's it's absolutely remarkable. It's fascinating. But if I gave you two books that you should read, Bible, and I mean, I don't mean just read it passively. I don't mean like have it on your, your nightstand. I mean, diligently soak it up like the land that drinks up the right. rain. But soak it up, and then that book, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. I, I was just going to say two, um, two specific times in my life when I've just circumstances, things in life I allowed to get too heavy, and I just got to a point of bottoming out. Mm. Are the two times that I went and bought my own I mean when I was younger I had a Bible as a gift that I'd used forever but two times I went and bought my own Bible new with the idea that I'm kind of wiping the slate clean the first time was just certain things but I recently just 
I mean, months ago, bought a new one. And the idea is I, I have the basis of God, and I'm, I want to read the Bible and consume it with the idea that it's fresh and new and, and without the um, things to, that we just get put on us mm-hmm. as, as children or in church situations that may be religious ideas, not always yeah. biblical ideas. And I want to look at it purely from what does this Bible say? Mm-hmm. And, and those are times when there's a lot of times I, I have that Bible, I've had that Bible in my car. And when you stop at a, a light, and it's like, okay, I've got to get just a couple more verses. And it's not that I'm trying to read it through or have a goal of that, but it's that hunger for I just want to know a little bit more. And add that to kind of this blank slate, because a lot of times we get so much put on us from so many areas, we don't know what's really biblical and what's not. In fact, we could, Jeff and I, if we sat and thought it out, there's probably about 10 sayings or so that people say all the time Hmm. that we could probably make a list that they're not biblical. Yeah. But people think they are. Yeah. God God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not in the Bible. Not in there. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and so there's the, there are these things that it's like we live on that mm. and we don't know what's what. And there's times we just need to take it away and thirst for what's really there. Mm. What's really there? What can I do? And, and you know what? You may not be a reader. Then get an audio book. You may not be... You know, these certain things, there's all kinds of excuses we can come up with. Mm-hmm. But when you hunger for something, mm-hmm. you find a way to get it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Sherry, you, before we, we started, you were sharing with me um, kind of a conversation about, you know, I'd, I'd recommended the, the show Sherlock. Right. Um, um, I, I it, it's a PBS version with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, just because you know, we kind of both like mystery type stuff, and and so I just it's an amazing series. Um, but sure, well, because we were talking about, and, and it kind of actually goes with the whole thing of something taking, you know, like in the church, thinking of it of something taking a long time or not really getting it, or people, you know, if you put your disciplines and everything to integrating something into your life it can happen quicker and so in those shows he talks about his mind palace which is his way of remembering certain things that that seems amazing to everybody else because he remembers things and so I've always been fascinated with things like that so I'd watched a lot of these shows so on Wednesday morning i googled mind palace just to see if it was a real thing (laughs) just to see what it was watched a probably about a 10 minute youtube video of somebody talking about it and a process of remembering those things and one thing he said which goes with our scripture today one thing he said is that you don't just jump to 
you know, once I've told you this, you don't just jump to trying to memorize something. Mm. You have to lay the pattern mm. and the foundation of it, and then you can memorize those things. And and sometimes some of us, we're like, oh, the pattern, man, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to go over that over and over, or I'll just try it a little bit every day, and, and we stretch something out, or we're really hungry to know it, <laughs> and we do it real fast. Right. So I had to make a 35, 40-minute drive after I had Googled this. So I, while I made that drive, I set the pattern and, and the entire drive. It didn't take very long to set it, but that entire drive, I just went over and over and over and over that pattern, which is what they say to do, so that way it's just you get it. And I actually did it for three places. You know, and if you Google it, you can figure that out. But I did that. And then when I had to make that drive back home, I memorized three debit card numbers that I still know now are easy. I mean, I don't have to think about them, and I can rattle them off to you. But it's because I applied myself to that strongly for that that piece of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. It, here's here's, and I want to just kind of add a little bit to that. that. That's that's. You may listen to that and go, "Mind Palace, that's silly." No, no, no. It's not at all. It, it's it is the way our brains are actually designed by God. Um, one of the things that I I teach people to do is is creating a, an emotional memory. So, so here's the thing: all memory is emotional. All of it. You know, so so what you even in that mind palace, what you're doing is you're engaging a a vivid picture that is now associated with data. Your brain doesn't care about data. Your brain doesn't. You, you, we think brain is just this data sponge, and it just wants to soak up data. Your brain doesn't care diddly squat about data. Um, data is is like a barnacle on a boat. The the brain cares about the boat. The brain cares about the emotional experience, the emotional memory. That's that's what it cares about. That's what right. it's it's developing. So when you create that that mind palace, you are creating that. Okay. So how do you create an emotional memory? It is constantness. It is consistency. It is it is engaging. It is an integrating. Mm-hmm. And you don't you you don't do it sporadically, and you don't do it selfishly, and you don't do it just you know occasionally. You it becomes a part of you. It is about integration, right. and so, so even, you know, even that ability. So you know, and now every time, I mean, here's here's the thing to remember: every time you think about those images, you will remember that number, right? Because it's now it, that's just the way the brain works. And and the first one took me a while to go through because it yeah. was my first one. Mm-hmm. By yes. the time mm-hmm. I got to the third one, I went through it. And pretty much had it. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So, so you know what we're saying. You, you, you're if you're listening to this and going, what does this, any of this have to do with the spiritual life? It has everything because it's look consistency. The, yes, because the way the way Scripture guides us to integrate um, our relationship with God, our, our concepts of God, our lives is, is, is 
reflective of our design. Why? Because God did the designing. He knows what works. Right. But what we what we tend to do is we tend to do this little sporadic, occasional sprinkling thing or, or you know, I took a trip tag and you know, right. put it on our suitcase kind of a thing. But no, it's it's a full integration because that's the way our, de- our brains are designed to think. Because that's the nourishment. It's not nourishment yes, exactly. if we eat something once every two months. We're mm. not going to live. Right. Yes. <laughs> We're not going to live. Right. And so... You think about when you eat. Mm. Even my parents, as they got older, talked about not feeling hungry mm. a lot of the times. But yet they still know they've got to eat. Yeah. You know, and so that's where we've got to get that in our head as that nourishment, as what we need, whether we feel like always eating or not, we need it. Absolutely. That's good. So here, here's what we, we want to wrap this up because um, we're a little bit over our, our objective time. Um, you know, we, we did the best we could by wrapping up some, kind of the big picture, right. the, you know, what he's trying to say. He's, he's trying to say, look, you, you, you know, you're just taking in the, the basics and you're not even really taking that in from the right perspective. You're taking it in from a human perspective, taking it in from a godly perspective. God's, God's objective is this, that you join with his invitation. You answer his invitation to join in the dance with him, to join in with his glory. Okay, that's the invitation. When do you get it? Over and over and over. What is an invitation? Sometimes it's suffering. Sometimes it's it's blessing sometimes it's everything in between um so that's that's the purpose that's the objective everything else is kind of the pathway to get there all right um jesus has has created that opening for us to be able to 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 receive that that invitation okay um and then you know then it's let it become a part of your your life He's, he's saying integrate it because um, it's not just information. He, he is talking about some information here, but he's saying, what do you do with the information? Do you save it up and a little thing you know, to, to pull out at parties so you can look smart? That's not integrating it into your life. Right. You know, it, it's like this is, isn't jeopardy, you know, everyday life where you're pulling out a, a, a trivia game. Right. Nobody cares about the, all that data. Um, this is life. It's about ha- how is it going to integrate into your life and let it become a full integration. Again, that's why we recommend the book Celebration of Discipline because it, it is a full integration. That's how those things are. That, those are scriptural practices that are part of full integration into your life. And, and, and that's when we talk about the joining. Mm. It's not that he wants you to do these three things and that's it you can like jeff said put your stamp on it he wants to walk in the garden with you Mm. absolutely he wants that just spend time with me know me Mm. that's what he wants that's what it is when we talk about that joining and so when he gives you that invitation what Jeff 
would say a lot of times before is the focus on me. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is, okay, focus on me. Mm-hmm. Walk with me. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Don, thank you once again. You're welcome. Okay. We kept it under an hour, so. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. You now have about nine minutes of your life that you can do anything you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great Take care. Bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A L E. T-H-E-S, LATHESresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.